0: But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey, hello again. Welcome to this episode of The Burt Not Ernie Show, the podcast about God's promises. And hey, those promises, they're for you and they're for right now. Not just for later on. Isn't that good news? All right, let's check out a couple of those promises on today's episode. You're listening to the Burt Not Ernie Show, part of the Spark Network, now playing the Edify app. This is episode 105. All right, Psalm 37, verses 21 through 24 from the Amplified Bible today. Back to my old go-to, the Amplified. I'm just going to read them to you first, these four verses, and then let's just see what's promised. The wicked borrow and never repay, but the godly are generous givers. Those the Lord blesses will, oh, there's that word will. Those the Lord blesses will possess the land, but those he curses will die. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall. For the Lord holds them by the hand. Ooh, I love this. Good. This is so good. I, every week I get excited about Psalm 37 since we've been in this little shorter series than the Romans 8 series, but with uh, well, good reason, there's great promises here. The wicked borrow and never repay. So yeah, yeah, let's not do that. And let's not align ourselves with the wicked in any way, shape or form. It's pretty plain and simple. You know, sometimes the Bible is so clear. It just outright tells us what God thinks on a matter. You know, it just, it just does what he has to say about it, that it tells us sometimes just boom, right here, here it is. I mean, it actually probably does that quite a lot, the Bible. So this is just one of those places. Uh, It goes on to say, but the godly are generous givers. You know, God is, he's so generous. He's so generous. It's almost like mind altering, kind of blows your mind how generous our God is. Nobody has ever been a giver like our God generosity it's like it's one of his hallmarks he gives so big it's a hallmark of his let's be known as his people in part by our generosity there should be a lot of things that make us marked men and marked women we're marked as god's people generosity should be on that list this does not have to just apply to money by the way this can apply to time are you generous with your time what about your prayers when you when it comes to your praying how generous are you in your praying like praying for others um what about like others just beyond me and mine? You know, you might think, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty generous with that. But if you actually wrote down everything you exactly prayed for, how much of it would be me, my spouse, my kids, my parents, my siblings, uh, my BFF from middle school. Um, and uh, that one lady whose prayer request I saw on Facebook really tugged at my heart. Like that's my prayer list. Um, okay. Get more generous. Go beyond that. I'm just going to tell you, I have had quite a prayer list over the years. And um, not just like, oh, yeah, you're not just like now where people can say, yeah, but now, Jan, you're in the empty nest phase of life. So you have time to pray. Well, look, I learned how to invest time in prayer when our kids were home and we were a homeschool family, right? So like, yeah, we had ministry work that we did in addition to homeschooling our five kids and uh, my prayer time. It didn't change during deployments it didn't change during illness uh, extreme surgeries you know it just there is time for prayer there actually is I start keeping track of how much time you spend on your phone on your social apps and you'll find out that there's more time for prayer than you realized. you're Netflix binging you can unbinge and do a prayer binge instead now these are just you know all this I'm not telling you anything you don't know but that don't think that you only have time to prayer to pray to have a really deep prayer life later down the road no you might well have time for it right now and just not really be realizing it. Because I only pray the way I pray now because God helped me lay a foundation in prayer all those years when I was busy. So do I have more time now? I guess technically, yeah, but I still had quite a prayer list that I would go through daily, um, you know, when I was quote unquote, busier than I am now. I don't know that that's a real thing. You might find out when you get there that Ooh, I'm not as unbusy as I thought I would be, but there's time for prayer and praying generously for others. That is an incredible ministry and it's ministry that is so needed, so needed. Is there any way, like in your life, you're just, your life as it is right now, is there any way in which you could become more generous, with your prayer time. The Lord can guide you. He'll show you if there's something he wants you to grow in this area. If he wants to do something new here, this is not Jan saying, you need to add to your pr- I'm, not a, I'm not a rule giver. I'm not, I don't want to be like a, oh, you know, a, a, one of those religious people that's just a legalist. I don't want to be that. I believe so much in grace and freedom in Christ. But if God is calling you to grow in the area of prayer, The ministry, and it is a ministry. Some people are like, "I don't have a ministry." Oh, anybody can have this ministry, and it's it's such a good one. It's so key. It's so vital. The Lord can show you. I guess just be willing to respond if He leads in that direction. If He leads you, you be sure to follow because that's what isn't that what the song says? Where He leads me, I will follow. I'll go with Him, with Him all the way. Where He leads, we follow. That's what sheep do. We follow our good shepherd. That's what disciples do. We follow Jesus. So we walk with him. Okay. So, and think about other ways that you can be generous that go just beyond finances. So time and prayer are just two examples, but there are probably other things where you could be generous that would just honor the Lord and be a blessing to help do the kingdom work that, um, gosh, it's so great when we're about the work of the king in his, in for his kingdom, for his purposes. Okay. This goes on to say, Those the Lord blesses will possess the land, but those he curses will die. So in episode 104, last episode, you know, I I mentioned letting God do his work of dealing with the wicked. And that same thing applies to this, to verse 22. He says that those he curses will die. You and I, we don't need to be running around dropping curses on people. And I actually really mean this. Like, do not do that. Don't do that. I'm super duper very serious right now. Just don't don't. Not going to deep dive into details on what all that might involve, but I just want to remind you that God takes evil very seriously in this world and he handles things and he's good at it perfectly and justly. He's merciful and he is just and he is loving and he is holy and all those things are always true of the Lord God. So um, he curses Right, those he curses, not those we curse. Those he curses will die. That's what this verse says. So let that be that, and be careful with your words, with like cursing flowing off your tongue. Just be aware. I guess that's the, the uh, adage that I want to share today. Just be careful with what you say. God takes it seriously. He says the power of life and death is in the tongue, so we need to take it seriously. If He takes it that seriously, oh, we got it. We got to get after this and be super serious about what we say. Those he blesses will possess the land. So look, basically like the land, that's not going to be the same for us as for the Israelites who actually inherited a chosen place that God chose for them, the promised land, capital P, capital L. Like that's, the, the, that's how we refer to it still today. It's, it's an actual place, the land. But God has things for us that he gives us. You know, he like gifts them to us, places for us to possess. So not places for us to get by, not places for us to just kind of endure, but places where we can really be at home. So you can pray this, this verse, the Lord blesses. Those the Lord blesses will possess the land, but those he curses will, you know, you can pray, Lord, let me be among those that you bless and let me possess what you want me to possess. And I really hope you do pray that, like pray it over where you work who you work with, where you live, like what neighborhood, what city, what state. Pray where you vacation. Seek God's blessing on those things, the places that he has for you to possess. Like your church home, please please pray blessings over your church, your loved ones, their homes. As your kids grow up, pray over their homes and their friendships. You can pray this over their college dorms. Um, Pray it over their workplaces. Pray it over even your hobbies that they will just be... Really enjoyable, and that you will be relaxed and renewed and refreshed by those times where God calls you to kind of rest. And resting doesn't always mean lying down and taking a nap, although it can. It it may also mean, hey, there's something you really love to do that uh, God wants you to do a little bit more of because He can renew you and give you just new energy to get back in, get back in the game. You know, after you sit on the sidelines and drink your your Gatorade, and then you're ready to get back in. Like football players, they don't play the entire game. Like, think about that. Like, okay, it's all right to just sit on the bench for a few minutes until I get to go back in. And while I'm sitting on the bench, how can I, what's my Gatorade going to be? Okay. This is a kind of a lame analogy, but you get what I'm saying. So ask God for the good land that he has for you, whatever that quote unquote land might be, because he has something for you. So ask him for it and then expect him to bless it, but agree with him in prayer. God, you've promised that you will bless the land that you have for me to possess. So show me what that land is. Take me there. Don't let me be anywhere else. And bless it, bless it, bless it, Lord. And see if he doesn't answer that prayer. I believe he will, because this is based on his word. And when we pray his word, oh, his word does not return to him void. It's so good, so good. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. This is such an awesome, awesome promise. It really is. You know, we're godly because we know Jesus. He imparts his righteousness to us. And that's how this promise can be our promise. He will direct your steps. He will direct your steps. Expect it. Ask him for it. Depend on it. And don't panic and freak out that, you know, oh, I'm going the wrong way. I just, what if I, I think I am. I think this is the wrong way. I'm panicking here, God. Okay. Just really um, try your best to not do that. Like, look, if you're, gonna, if you're going the wrong way, say unintentionally on the path of life, you're going the wrong way. God can let you know. Ask him to always do that. Lord, will you always let me know when I'm going the wrong way? And I believe that he will. I really do. I mean, isn't that what this is telling us? You know, it's this isn't like he's going to direct your steps. So sometimes unintentionally, we might go the wrong way. Don't freak out with every decision. I don't know. I think I'm going to make the wrong decision. He can tell you. He can speak to you in a way that you'll understand. Expect him to. And I believe that he will. But, you know, what about now? What about when you're going the wrong way with some intention behind it? You know, like you're going the wrong way by choice. There's, some, there's a lot of intention behind that choice. Um, maybe don't expect God to be about the business of blessing that, to put it kind of nicely. You got an attitude maybe or a spirit of rebellion, and that is a real thing. That is never becoming for a child of God. Kill that off. If that's a thing in your life, just kill it off. Like, I mean it, crucify the flesh, be done with it. Put it in a coffin, nail it shut, bury it deep, deeper than six feet if you need to, and do not dig that thing back up. Like, But understand that if you're, say, you're not just, you're not bucking authority, right? You, you're not jamming out to, you can go your own way. He's going to direct your steps. So this is a great, great promise. And don't be jamming out to that song in your heart with your attitude by choice. Uh, get that in line with the Lord. Submit to your God. He is your King. Remember when he returns, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. So get to bow, bending that knee and confessing right now, because you're one of the ones who knows who the King of Kings and Lord of Lords really is. So we don't need to be going our own way and jamming out to that kind of music and bucking his authority. Just yield to him and then trust him to direct your steps. So You know, it also says he delights in every detail of your life. So you know what? You are never boring to God. If somebody has ever said, oh, you're such a bore. um, Well, uh, shake that off in Jesus name. And I really do mean it. Let that just fall off and never bother you again, because you're not boring to God. If every detail of your life is something he delights in, he doesn't consider it boring. We don't delight in things that bore us. You're not boring to God. You don't annoy him. We don't delight in every detail of something that's annoying. So if someone has called you annoying, uh, in Jesus' name, may that just fall off of you and never even come to mind again. Uh, when, when you're asking him about this thing, I'm, I have a choice here. Uh, that detail. Uh, I'm talking to God about uh, this seems small, this seems minor. What if it's not to him? What if you remember that he delights in every detail? Any number of things you can come to him about on a daily basis are all going to fit in this category, right? Because everything you do is a detail of your life. He delights in every detail of your life. You cannot, like, drive him bonkers, by inviting him into the details of your life. You don't annoy him. You don't bore him. He delights in every detail of your life. It's not too big and it's not too small. If something were too big or too tiny, this verse would not be true because it says every detail. You know, we're not on our own out here just trying to get by. No, our God is here with us and he is like delighting in every single detail, every single day. This is amazing. Take comfort in that. And then, you know, talk to your God about the details. I mean, if it brings him delight, that's incredible. So let's be sure to be in conversation with him. And you know you know what I'm talking about when I say this. You can be kind of in, in a conversation mode with the Lord all the time. Look, I'm going to tell you something I read in a book years ago. And it was um, the person who authored this book, she had worked quite a while to finagle things around so she could go and spend some time with Cory Ten Boom before Corrie died. And if you don't know her story, um, it's a great one and you should look her up C O R R I E. And then her last name is like two words, but 10 T E N, but it's a lower case T and then boom B O O M look her up. Amazing story of surviving um, the Nazis. They, her family hid Jews and they were caught. It's, it's really an amazing story uh, so this woman finally gets his audience, kind of an extended audience with Corey because she's going to write a book and you got to spend a lot of time with somebody to put together a book. And the thing that I remember most about this whole book was her talking about how she kind of was like, oh, I think, oh, I think maybe, maybe Corey's getting a little old. Maybe she's getting a little aged. Like she seems to be, I ask her a question and then I'm like writing some things down and taking notes and in between the questions. Her lips are moving constantly the whole time. And then I ask her the next question and she's, and this lady, she's writing about it. She's like, and it was kind of strange to me because it's like, well, she's in her right mind. I mean, she's so thorough in answering my questions. Her memory is so crystal clear. She's so, her verbiage is great. Like this is not a person who seems to be slipping mentally at all, but yet every time I'm on pause from asking a question and I'm doing some of my work and figuring out the next question and taking notes and all that. She's literally got her lips moving over there and she's not, she's talking to somebody. She's not talking to me. And, um, she asked Corey about it, finally worked up the nerve to ask her about it. And she said, Oh, I'm just, I'm talking to my father. I'm talking to my father at any point in time in my day when I'm not talking to somebody else or not, you know, engaged in something, I'm literally talking to him all the time. So that's what you're seeing. You know, it reminds me of Hannah, the old Testament story where Eli was like, uh, are you drunk? Seriously, because she was crying and praying. Her lips were moving and she's crying out to God because she so much wanted a child. And that child, by the way, became Samuel. Talk about a mighty man of God. So um, the prophet Samuel, it's an amazing story. And she's like, no, far be it from me. May it never be so, Lord. I'm just crying out from my heartbreak to God. And Eli said, oh, well, in that case, you'll have whatever you ask for. Like, it's yours. So it's really cool to think of Corey talking to God like that. And that's what comes to mind when I think about this verse, like it delights him. It delights him. Isn't that great? And you and I could do the same thing. We could be like Corey Ten Boom. We could be talking to the Lord all day long. You are bringing in the groceries. So those five minutes from the time that you put the car in park, you open the, you know, the hatch on the back of your SUV. And that time you, that's mindless stuff. You don't have to really think about it carefully as you carry in the groceries. You just... You're carrying them in, setting them down, going back out. Hopefully you're not getting 37 bags on two arms and, uh, you, you know, pulling your shoulder out of the socket like you take a couple of trips. You can be praying to God while you do that. How cool is that? Just talking to him because he delights in all the details. So and if you and I stumble and hey, guess what? It happens. It happens. That's part of living in a world that has fallen. And it's just, you know, it happens. He says here that we'll never fall because He holds us by the hand. Okay, now that's, I need to, let me scroll back up in my notes because I want to read. That's verse 24. Though they stumble, they will never fall for the Lord holds him by his hand. He holds him by the hand. This is incredible to me. This is incredible to me because it doesn't say don't ever stumble. Yeah, it gives you grace. See, he's already laid out the grace beforehand. You've got grace for when you stumble, but you're not going to fall is what he says because he's holding, he's holding us by the hand. You start to stumble, you will not fall. Why? Because your God is holding you by the hand. So, you know, think about a toddler. They're just learning to really walk well. They have those wobbly, chubby little toddler legs and, uh, you know, no, no, not only do they not have their sea legs. Uh they don't have their level ground legs, you know, when a toddler's learning to walk, a, just a little tyke. They're when they're just getting started with this walking business, it is they are wobbly bobbly. So mom or dad, you like you hold their hand. And think about they've been walking a little bit, but you're going on a walk and you know they're going to hit some maybe some potholes on this off the beaten path. You know, walk in the park or just think of a time when they're like, are the carpets a little bit thick at uh, the cousin's house? And so you're holding their hand while they walk. You're not like under their arms guiding them step by step, like you're holding their hand now. So they're a little bit past the one year old starting to walk phase. You hold their hand. They kind of wobble. They start to go down, but they can't really fall because you've got their hand. They can go down a little, but you've got their hand. So they're not falling. You keep them on their feet even when the road is rough. They don't fall because you're the hand holder and you're in charge of keeping them from falling. That's the promise here. And we can live like this is true. We should live like this is true. Yeah, I might stumble. I may stumble, but I ain't going to fall. My Lord, he's holding me by the hand. He is holding me by the hand and he is not going to let go of me. I'm good. I am safe. It's not up to me to do the impossible, to be perfect, to never, ever stumble, But it is up to me to trust that what God has said to me in Psalm 37, verse 24, is my promise. It's my truth. It's my hope. It's my assurance. I will not fall. He's got me by the hand. I can rest assured in this assurance. Now think about that. I can rest assured in this assurance because that's what assurance does. It provides peace and rest, even in the tough moments. Rest assured. Though you stumble, you will not fall for your God holds you by the hand. All right. Um, I am about 10 minutes early today. So guess what? That usually when I go a few minutes early, you know what I'm going to do. If you've listened for a while, I'm going to challenge you. Keep your earbuds in. Nobody is going to know that the podcast is over. You had probably already allotted for 30 minutes. So here we are. I'm going to wrap up and it's going to be at about 21 minutes when I get done. You've got about nine minutes. Keep the earbuds in so that you don't get interrupted. Spend that time doing what these verses say. Would you talk to the Lord about the details of your life and let him delight in them? Would you let him speak to you about any direction you might need? Would you just um you know do the work of repenting if you need to say, "Lord, I'm sorry. I have been going my own way. I don't want to go my own way." That's over. Like do that work in the next 9 minutes and see what God will do. The time is here for you. It's already been made. God carved it out in advance. He knew how long the podcast would be. Don't just move on. Spend this time with him. He's got something to say to you. He loves you so much. Okay, so be sure to join my free online prayer retreat group. It's on Facebook. Uh, the link is going to be in the show notes, or, or you can just go to Facebook and search Praying Through the Storm. Online prayer retreat, and we're going to be doing some. We we pray in there. We're leaning in hard to God's promises, and we are doing some things right now. Where we're just going through some deep levels of prayer on a weekly basis, and kind of doing a mini prayer retreat too. So join it. It's free. It could be a real blessing to you. So check that out. Um, come join us, and you know, come expect blessing, because that's what prayer does. It's always a place of blessing. Any place that's about praying and believing God's promises, you're always going to be blessed there. Praying through the storm online prayer retreat on facebook and um i think that's about it for today thank you for joining me i'm so glad you've been here i'm gonna see you been here i'm so glad you've been here i can't speak today thank you for being here today i'll see you next week for episode 106 lord bless bye thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the spark media network that can now be heard on the edify app